Welcome back to the Balanced Deadline Podcast, a podcast where we discuss how to grow your network marketing business in a way that feels good. We will cover everything here, social media, branding, systems, duplication, growing a team, how to deal with network marketing haters, and everything else that you need to know right here. Enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Balanced Upline podcast. I have my friend Natasha here, and I actually just met her um, last month at that Scottsdale retreat I went to, and she was one of the speakers, and she's amazing. So I'm excited that you guys get to learn from her, too. She is brilliant at all things Instagram, especially video. So I wanted to bring her on to help you guys as network marketers kind of see where your time is most valued, what you should be doing. Uh, but Natasha, do you want to introduce yourself to? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Whitney. So I'm Natasha, the founder of Shine with Natasha. So I'm an Instagram strategist and I really focus on creating content, showing up authentically, and of course using video since that has pretty much taken over the Instagram landscape at that point. So that's essentially what I do. So I used to be a social media manager for brands and now I pretty much fall into the education strategy space, all related to Instagram content creation. Oh, cool. It's so cool. I actually did your 30 day reels challenge like a a day and that's how I found you. And so I was like, okay, this is a good way to get into reels, which yes, video has definitely taken over. Um, okay. So my first question for you is what is your story? So how did you get into, um, the online space? Yeah. So, um, it kind of started when I was in the high school newspaper. I just loved writing. I loved telling other people's stories and I just continued writing for like online publications and newspapers throughout college. So I studied journalism and then everyone said it was a dying art and that I wasn't going to get any jobs for it. So I kind of pivoted to public relations. So that's what I was studying in school. And that was also while I was getting digital marketing Um, internships and jobs. And that was kind of where I was just starting to, you know, create content for brands, learn all about marketing. And one of the internships I had was actually with a woman that worked online, had her own business, which I just hadn't really heard of or thought about at that time. And so she kind of inspired me um, when I was eventually, you know, getting ready to graduate. I was having that crisis. I think a lot of college students have like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life now that I just did all this school and I have my degree. And that's when I kind of was like, I, you know, I don't think I want to do a regular job. I think I want to work for myself and help small businesses. And so while I was still in college, I just started my business, started taking on clients and I've been doing it full-time ever since. Yeah. I love that. It started in high school from journalism. Yeah. It's so funny how, like, I mean, who would have thought that social media would like take over? Like, especially like all of these jobs. And I think last year too, like 2020 really taught us like, Hey, a lot of things can be remote and there are tons of opportunities online. So that's totally, I just love that you started so early. Um, okay. Next question for you. Do you feel it is important to use all of Instagram's features? 
Yes, I definitely do. And I think that Instagram has made it blatantly obvious to us that they you can't just post on your feed anymore. Like you have to be using stories. I would probably say more than half of people that are on Instagram are probably looking at stories. Um, and then of course there's IGTV now and lives and reels. So I think if you want to get the most out of the platform, ideally you want to be using it holistically because if we think about features like stories, stories and reels and lives and IGTV, you know, they're not just discovered on the feed or on your grid. You know, they have their own little tabs on your profiles. They can be shared to stories. The stories and live feed are its own entirely. And then there's the explore page. So not only does it help you get discovered, but it really helps you serve your audience in a lot of different ways because people like consuming content in a lot of different types of subplatforms. So I think it was like earlier this year, Instagram said something along the lines of that they, you know, gave someone this outrageous amount that you should be posting on every single platform. But what I essentially got from that kind of like leaked information essentially is that, yeah, they want you to essentially be posting on at least all the platforms during the week. Wow. Okay. If you had to rank which feature to use, how would it go? Would Reels probably be number one? I would say Stories would actually be my number one. Yeah. Because I think that Stories, they lead to one of the most valuable parts of Instagram, which is the DMs. You know, people can react or reply or use those polls. And you're instantly starting a conversation with someone that could be someone you collaborate with, or they could become a customer or a client. Mm -hmm. So I think that Stories are essential, especially because I know I'm even guilty of this, of tapping through my stories versus scrolling through my feeds. So partially consumption, but also the engagement factor. And then if I had to choose, I would probably say reels would be next just because Instagram's really pushing them. They're really great for seeing results, probably like you saw in the 30 day reels challenge. Um, and they're super short and snappy and they're kind of the future of where video is going into more of like a short form piece of content. Um, and then I would say probably like if I had to pick another, it would be lives would be after that. And the reason why I love lives is not only are they very interactive and engaging, but you can save a live to IGTV and that then counts as two pieces of content. So I love how you can essentially go live, not have to edit your video, and then you automatically get an IGTV video as well. So it's kind of like a two in one. So I'd say if you can do stories, then reels, then lives, you would be hitting pretty much all of the four main parts of Instagram video. Mm, yeah, that's so good. Oh, wow. Do you feel like stories are so bingeable because of like the FOMO aspect, like they go away or is it like behind the scenes type thing? Yeah, I think it's partially because they are very timely and they do expire. I think it's partially because they are so interactive. Like if you're using those polls and question stickers, like they can, and you can reply and react, like you can be a part of the conversation versus people just broadcasting information at you. Um, and then I do think because they are a little less curated and they are more of that behind the scenes and usually more of those connection points where you're maybe showing something a little bit more personal or something that they don't see on your more curated branded feed. Um, I do think that's kind of why stories have become just like such a huge part of the Instagram culture. Mm -hmm. I know I binge them. So oh, yeah, yeah I, I believe it. Um, okay. Next question for you. What are some mistakes you see people making while creating reels? 
Oh, so many. Um, I would say, oh my gosh. I think the first thing is adding too much text or super cluttered text. So what I mean by super cluttered is ideally you want to maybe have your text around the same color or around the same font styles. Because if you have like a million different types of fonts going on, it just makes things look a little messier and not branded. Um, but I think if the text, if it's too wordy or there's too much text or it's showing up really fast and disappearing really fast. Um, I think those are things that can definitely harm your videos. I think another big thing is like, we hear it all the time, but I think it really is important to like engage your audience as soon as possible in the video. Like why should they keep watching? And so if you're talking in a video, you want to have a really strong hook of like, these are three tips or things you didn't know about X, Y, Z or how to use so-and-so like, that's kind of what you want to focus on in the first few seconds of your reels. And I think not enough people focus on that. And then if I had to pick another, I would probably say not adding visual interest to your reels. So what I mean by that, whether you're using transitions or you're editing your videos in a certain way, or, you know, the lighting is really great. Like you want your video to stand out in all the reels that they're seeing on their feed. So the more visually interesting you can make your videos and make sure the quality is as good as it can be. Of course, film it on your phone. You don't need as fancy tools, but have good lighting. Make sure it's not smudgy. You know, maybe do a transition or two, or maybe, you know, just add something visually interesting is really going to go a long way. Oh, so good. And yeah, I think that's important to like, see what captivates you when you're creating reels and then do that. Totally. <laughs> or, or see those pieces and do that. Um, oh, that's so good. Uh, especially with the text. I always see text like real high or real low. Yes. And I'm like, no, I just want to be like. <laughs> right in the middle. the middle. Yes. Oh, and I've done that plenty of times too. Do you think it's important to create reels covers or like cover photos for them? Yeah. So I think it, I always say it depends on your brand. Like my brand, for example, is people know me for being very yellow. They kind of know me for my graphic elements. So having a more curated graphic really works well for my audience. Um, but another way that I've seen people doing it is either taking a photo or a screen grab from the video and adding text on top of it. I think the sweet spot with both of those routes is that you want to make sure the, the cover isn't blurry or low quality, but I really love to have some type of title that explains what the video is about. If they see it on your grid or if they see it on your reels channel, because then they're going to know why they should watch it even after you've posted it and they've seen it on your feed, for example, because I think not enough people think about like, we think, you know, your content has like this short life cycle, but by adding in titles and make it easy for people to find the answers to questions that are already on your grid or your reels channel is kind of where those cover titles can come in. So I personally like to choose one, but if you have a part of your video that has a little bit of a title in it and it's not super blurry, there's not like a lot of motion going on. I think you can totally grab for your reel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's good too. And like the main thing is to create the real, like, yes, <laughs> you know, and please like, no, just do it. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I think it looks nice when you have a cover photo and I've been so bad. I was great at it last year, but I've been so bad this year while I'm going through a rebrand. So I think yeah. that's part of me. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to make it those colors because it's going right. to, but I need to just, as long as you're still showing up though, during those times, like, I think you're good, but yeah, the cover photos really add a nice touch. They look so good. Um, and you can just easily do it on Canva one time and then just, just rinse repeat. and repeat it. Yep. Yeah, it's so good. Okay. Next question for you. 
What are some mistakes? Oh, wait, sorry. I already asked that one. If a network marketer came to you wanting to grow their account, what would you tell them? I would say really focus on value. And I know that's such a cliche thing to hear, but really focus on how you can serve your audience really well with your videos. So I like to think of that kind of being like two different types of videos you can choose from is like, first of all, you can leverage trending music and audio. That's definitely going to help you get in front of more audience. So whether you tap, use original audio that you see someone using, or if you have access to music, you know, use whatever trending songs, even if it's like peaches from Justin Bieber and you've heard it a million times, you don't like the song, definitely use it because you're going to see some better results from it because you're kind of leveraging the whole culture of reels. So that's one part. And essentially the goal is to make sure it's branded and authentic to you. You don't want to just do the trend just to do it. You want to make sure that you're adding your unique spin. So if maybe you do beauty products, you know, you want to show maybe you having a before and after and having that glam. Um, or maybe if it's like, a oh, you know, fitness thing. Maybe you show an exercise to that trending sound. So whether you're going with the actual trend or you're just utilizing it for reach, you know, you want to focus on that being how you're grabbing their attention on the reels feed and maybe getting that real, you know, that view or that follow or them getting to your page. But on the other side of that is use your captions along with that to add some more context and more insights and more tips. And then the other side of that is going to be, you know, just talking to camera. I think I don't see enough people doing that. And it's actually very easy to do if you're already creating videos and you're already kind of used to sharing your thoughts on videos. So talk to camera, show how to use something, demonstrate how to use something, show it on you, show how you use it in your routine, like how to style it, like showing and demonstrating is so valuable and just talk it through with them, whether that's talking to camera or maybe utilizing a voiceover. So I feel like if you kind of break it down into like, okay, I like this sound. I like this music. I like this audio. How can I put my spin on it? Or how can I just talk and explain something related to what I'm selling essentially? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting on camera. Oh, that's so big. And I always say too, like with network marketers, you know, to be honest, we're a dime a dozen. Like there's hundreds of thousands, probably millions of network marketers in the world. Like, why would people join you? Like, you have to, you have to get on camera because you're, if you're not, there's people that are, and those are the people that they're going to join because they, you know, do that not, like no trust factor with them. Totally. So I think it's, it's so important to get on camera. And I just, yes. I can't stress it enough. Like if you're not as a network marketer, I would honestly recommend another industry. Like, it's right. just like, you have to stand out. There's too many people doing it. Even if it's not live, like uh, reels are great. Stories are great, yeah. but it's crucial. It'll make or break your, your business. Totally. But I love how you're giving ideas, like, you know, show yourself using the products. I was always so envious of the, like the beauty counter girls that could, you know, do their makeup live. Like I wanted a product like that. My product is right. beauty oil. So it just takes like a moment. Yeah. Still share it live like a boomerang or something, but right. it's just like so much power in the demonstration. People love watching people do nothing. Like even if it's like cleaning their house, like Like, the aesthetic clips, like even with like a face oil, like just seeing it and gliding it on your hand or like showing you drop it on your face. Like those types of content actually perform really well, plop on a trending music. And that's so easy to do. Yeah. It's like, we're not asking you guys to sing or dance. No, No. you don't have to. Yeah. But if you want to, you totally can. It just show your, show your face. I was actually reading that only 7% of communication is with your words. 
rest is tonality and body yeah. language. And I was like, wow, like that's why video is so important. 93% totally. more <laughs> communication. Right. And so it's like, man. So I love that you said that. That's really like the only if somebody came to me asking, you know, for advice, I would just say like, are you on camera? Are you, yeah. are you on video? Because that's, that's the big thing there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next question for you. How often should we be showing up on stories? So stories is a different story. I would say you want to do daily, ideally, um, and multiple times throughout the day. So just for like, if we wanted to make it super formulaic, um, you know, show up daily and show up like three times throughout the day. So morning, you know, maybe around lunchtime and then in the afternoon when you're logging off for the day. The reason why you want to do that is because your little story bubble will move closer and closer to the front of people's feeds, which is utilizing that timely factor. So even if you take a bunch of really great stories content and then you just pull Plop it on your stories. Chances are you might not be seeing as good of a reach because you have to leverage the timeliness factor. Um, and essentially, with your stories, you know you want to tell a story, bring them along, give them a reason to keep engaged. So if you can post daily on your stories and at least at three different time spots, it's definitely going to be helpful. Um, and I'd say with how many stories, it kind of just depends on what you're creating essentially. But always make sure that it's moving the needle forward. So is it adding value? Is it making a connection point? Um, I think especially in like the year of 2020, we saw a lot of people sharing a lot of other people's content. And I think that that can be valuable to some extent, but you know, you want to toot your own horn first before you share it all, all other people's stuff. So ideally, if you can just really focus on like, how can you create and content intentionally, not ramble too much, not share anything that feels really random to your brand, you're going to see really great results with your story strategy. Oh, I love that. And I like to batch content. So this is where I struggle. Like, I'm like, oh, like, you know, like I need to get on stories and talk because everything else is batched. I, you can batch stories, but I don't like, it kind of takes off. Yeah. It's like, but we like seeing the raw and like the, my hair's still wet or like, outside in your backyard, you know, like that's kind of the beauty behind it is that it's like a vlog, like a behind the scenes thing. Yeah. And I always tell people like, if you're struggling to show up on stories, like just bring it into your day and make it a habit. So like when I'm logging into work for the day, I typically post my first story of the day. And like before I'm logging off, I tend to post my last story or when I'm taking a lunch break, I'll post something around that time. So if you can like incorporate it and infuse it into what you're already doing in your business, it's going to feel a lot less intensive than like, obviously producing a reel is something you don't want to be ideally doing, you know, every single day, every single morning. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, I love how you share behind the scenes stuff. Like, you know, I feel like I could go to Natasha's house and like not be surprised. Like, oh, there's (laughs) her morning routine, her overnight oats. Like, there's her matcha. (laughs) (laughs) Or where's her matcha? Like, you know, right? That's the nice thing is like you can really get to know people on stories. And like, I just think it's so cool and so easy compared to all of the other things. Totally. kind of what makes it hard because you can't really, you can prepare them, I guess, but it's better when you don't, honestly, right. When you just show up. Um, okay, perfect. This is so good. Okay. Next question for you. And I, I've heard you talk about these things and that's why I chose these questions because I like to answer. (laughs) Um, cohesive feeds. Do you think they are important? 
Yeah. So it's like a yes or no mix from me. Um, so I don't think that they have to be as perfect as they used to be. Cause if we look back at like Instagram 2019, 2018, I mean, the more perfect your Instagram grid was the better. I know even I had a puzzle grid. I had like a perfect yellow line. Um, and I think that's no longer really how Instagram's working. I think that part of it is the rise of influencer marketing and a lot of brands shifting of like, instead of really curated, perfect photos, they're actually just taking phone photos and editing them on your phone really simply. And that's kind of like aesthetically how things have moved. But I always say, if you're a business and you're selling something and you're using Instagram strategically, um, it should be intentional and curated and branded. And that really looks different for everyone. Um, like I know some brands where even though they sell a product, their look is kind of that no filter filter. Like it looks like they took it with their phone. There's a lots, lots of natural lighting. You would think like a, a really great influencer took those photos. Like that's their theme. So if all of a sudden they posted like a really curated photo, it wouldn't really go with like the aesthetic of their grid essentially. Um, I mean, how you edit your photos with like filters, presets, that's a part of it. Also how you incorporate colors. So colors obviously are a really big part of my grid, but chances are maybe you have some type of brand colors. So whether it's like a filter or a color or like the photo style or the graphic style that you're using, ideally you want that to be consistent because whether people want to admit it or not, if I go to an Instagram grid where it just is a little like messy and like, it's just all over the place, you automatically judge them because of it. Like it just is, it's your first impression, especially if you're trying to convert people from that lurker to that follower. So that's why it's a yes or no. Yes. You know, I think it should be branded and curated and you should put some thought into it, but no, it doesn't really need to be as perfect and planned as it used to be. Like even with my Instagram, I have some elements that I know I use. Like I know I use a certain filter. I obviously use a lot of yellow and that's kind of where I draw the line and maybe have some templates. But other than that, I don't sit down and plan, okay, I'm going to post this post this day and this, this day and plan my grid that way. I kind of just use a lot of different elements to make it cohesive, but also organic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I like the balance between the two, two perfect. Um, well, okay. So my feed, like you said, 2019, the, like when, uh, was it the Lightroom presets? Yes. Were, like so big. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And we all used like the same one. And, <laughs> and I was like, man, like, you know, I looking back now, I'm like, why does the grass look so blue? Like, why right. does, just like weird <laughs> things. And I'm like, man, you know, like my daughter's going to look at this when she's like, you know, older, however, right. she, I don't know. And she's going to be like, why are all your filters? Like, right. I don't know. It's just so funny. <laughs> it's now, I'm leaning more towards the organic too, but yeah, whatever you decide to do, I do like, you know, sticking with that one thing. And that's part of consistency that builds trust because it's like, people can know that you're not just going to post a picture of a cat and like, totally. you know, like a weird, with weird, yellow lighting like it's yeah you no know, so like having that trust like okay she puts out quality content and then they're gonna think you know like so she puts out quality um information or she puts out you know like actual <laughs> produces quality everything I guess like and that's the only way I can really think of describing it and or like a coke bottle like how coke bottles are red and white you know we don't buy coca-cola because the cans are red and white but that consistency allows us to think that the product is consistent along with it and so mm -hmm. it's like think of 
the Coke, like, you know, it's, they don't buy because of the colors, but it reminds them like, oh, Friday pizza nights with the family or yeah. going to Mexican with friends or whatever that is. And so you're making people feel something. Totally. Um, but yeah, that's so good. I love that. Just like the balance in between the two, like first show up and then, you know, make it look nice. <laughs> like, like Absolutely. This, just like don't go overboard to where it makes you only show up once a week. Yeah. It should be yeah. easy. It should be easy. Yeah. Overthinking it just, um, doesn't work. I've tried, I've done it. 2019, like you said. (laughs) Okay. My last question for you, Natasha. Uh, well, is there anything else you want to expand on? I feel like those are the main things like we touched on, like using as much of the platform as possible, like showing you so people get to know you, but also showing like how to use the product, why you love the product, why it solves their problems. Like those are all things that are really going to help you and just like not overthinking how you show up, but showing up, I think is definitely like a good little summary of everything that we've covered. I think so too. I think that's great. Okay. Where can people find and connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at shine with Natasha. And then I also do have some courses and other resources on my website at shinewithnatasha.com. And then I have my own podcast, the shine online podcast, where I talk about marketing and business and all that good stuff. And it's the shine online podcast. If you're looking for it. Perfect. I'll put all that in the show notes too. So awesome. click the link. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You're like one of my favorite people on Instagram. So I'm oh, so excited. Thanks Whitney. <laughs> this is so fun. Thank you. And I'll talk to you soon, Natasha. Yes. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Wow. You're doing the hard work that it takes to grow your mind, your team and your business. And I am so proud of you. Now, I want to invite you inside of my free Facebook group, The Balanced Upline. Inside of this group, we do free weekly trainings and free workshops throughout the year. Join that Facebook group, get your team in there and message me. I would love to chat with you about your business and to see where I can help you.